0: get hyped we've got a new name it's the bet algo five pick episode my man pete in the house and we've got a special guest as well but first of all pete how
1: are you i'm fucking fantastic i love the new name i was so excited when you texted me that last night i think it hit on the money bet the algo and um, yeah i love it i mean how simple is that very very simple to the point and listen, this is the reason we're here.
0: It's the only reason exactly, we're here. Cause exactly. Because as good as we are at handicapping NFL sports games, which, by the way, we're pretty damn good. We happy. are
1: really fucking good at the moment, yeah. But we know that doesn't last forever, right? It doesn't last. But you know what does last forever? Math and the algo. Yeah.
0: The data doesn't lie, as we say. But my man, Byron, is here joining us from Roster Watch. Byron, how are you? And thank you for joining us.
2: All good, man. Excited to uh, visit with you guys. Uh, just uh, working on the old mustache here for no. Dude, your friend.
0: mustache looks absolutely fantastic. I love seeing it. You've got a great look. Uh, very thankful uh, for the partnership that we've established with Roster Watch. We absolutely love your content. We, I mean, Peter and I, we're not great at fantasy. Uh, both of us drafted Trey Lance. Although hold on. <laughs> We, I mean, look, I'm actually number one right Sorry, now. Sorry, I was going to
1: say I'm tied for the t- but, for the lead in my lead. But the Can I say dumbest that? thing First. that we ever did was Trails. draft. Trailings. We both so, did.
0: I mean, if we, but yeah. uh, we love the content that you, Alex, and the Trash Man put out, uh, and it's good to have you on. So thank you. You're going to be doing some guest picking for us, but uh, give our listeners a little bit of context on perhaps your bio roster watch in general. Maybe you can give us a couple of fantasy uh, tidbits for those who are in a quarterback waiver wire carousel.
1: Fucking like myself.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, uh, about 12 years ago, I um, decided to enter the fantasy sports industry and uh, a couple of partners of mine right there. Good friends from Austin, Texas, Alex Dunlap and the trash man. We, we, uh, created Roster Watch and became kind of a an innovative content company in the space. And we ended up partnering with Sirius XM Radio and becoming uh, national broadcasters. And along the way, we um, uh, we became uh, NFL scouts, you know, fantasy football experts, broadcasters, and, and I guess lately I've become a bit of a serial entrepreneur myself. So uh, definitely kind of the business side of things has been exciting to uh, learn on this journey. And uh, yeah, man, that's kind of the Genesis of roster watch and where we're at now. And of course, like I said, we're fantasy guys. So I was super excited uh, to partner with the, you guys and the Bet algo five pick our pick five, um, you know, bring you guys on as contributors in the sports betting space over at rosterwatch.com.
0: You actually go to the, all the training camps, preseason, don't you?
2: Yeah, that's how we really cut our teeth and um, earned our reputation, especially within our industry and amongst all of our, you know, colleagues in the space. Is that you know most people, most people did their projections and their scouting from their computer models, data analytics, and we kind of turned that on its head. We've all, we're all, you know, long time football fans and we just said, forget it, man. Let's, let's be the ones that go boots on the ground, live scouting to all the NFL events throughout the off season, all the way through NFL training camp. So yeah, I mean, at this point I've met every head coach and general manager in the league to some, some degree I've at least questioned them, um, met. Or scouted just about every player that's come into the league and over the last decade, and it's taken us to really great events like the the Senior Bowl, the NFL Combine, uh, University Pro Days, through NFL draft process, and of course, I've yeah, I've personally been to probably about seventy five training camps in the last seven or eight years. So it sounds like to me, it's a little, uh, it's like it's a
1: hard knocks, but on steroids, like in person. It's just you go to every single one. It's like your own personal hard knocks, and you get to see what's going on live
2: in person. Well, it's funny you say that because our admin, uh, Jen, she actually is also a good friend of ours from there in Austin, Texas. She's kind of like a semi-professional photographer and videographer, and I've been thinking lately, one of these off-seasons, I'm just going to get her to come on the road full-time to all these events with us and film us in action
1: i'm telling you You doing our thing yeah that content would be unbelievable i mean you the viewership and as bad as shitty as kind of hard knocks over the last few years i feel like has kind of gotten right with it's since the prime um all or nothing started and you realize the in-season stuff was you know what everyone watch however it's still must watch tv it's still fantastic Putting that, putting that together, that's a great idea to be able to actually put something together of, you know, f- whether it be v- videos, photos, whatever.
0: I love the mindset of utilizing the data to really form your thesis. And i that's really, I think, where our synergies align with what Rosterwatch is doing on the fantasy side, what we're doing here with the algorithm and Predicting NFL scores, but you're also doing something pretty fun that I think is pretty relevant to our audience. You started a social betting app that essentially allows you to have some friendly bets with friends, coworkers, and whatnot. Tell us a little bit about that. And I think you've got a contest that we can enter for free.
2: Yeah, you got it, Mitch. Sure. I have um, launched a mobile app, a social gaming platform called Angel Fire. Um, any of the listeners can go to the Google Play or the Apple App Store right now and they can just search Angel Fire Games. Uh, you can download us right away. And every day there's a free entry featured contest uh, there on Angel Fire with real cash prizes. Um, everybody loves the app. It's a great, we built a first class experience. But yeah, I think. What it is that we, our objective is with Angel Fire Mitch, is we wanted to build a gaming platform that was really dedicated to friends, family, and coworkers, where they could come, socialize, make picks against each other, compete against each other in a really friendly and social way on all the major sporting events and contests around the calendar year.
1: You know what? It's funny. Mitch and I were already talking about this. It's something that i've talked about a few times there isn't really a great one out there to, to go to so me and my family we would do whether it be bet on the masters or bet on golfing events with you know my mom gets involved everyone gets involved it's like well where do you go to do that there just isn't a good venue or a good app or somewhere to do that so yeah that sounds like a good um a good way to do it
2: well i'll tell you boys why don't you this week we've got uh, featured uh, over at angel fire it's all free entry uh, week ten NFL pick'em. Uh, there's real cash money on the line. Uh, why don't you guys, why don't you listeners, all download the app, come, come join it, and let's uh, let's see if we can beat can't miss Mitch this week. But by
0: the way, so all right, we download Angel Fire, and then how do we find the game?
2: It'll be the first thing that hits you in the face. It's the homepage on the app. It'll say Angel Fire featured. Week ten NFL pick'em and Just how much money can we win? Join for free. We got a fifty. We got a fifty dollar prize. Perfect. Beautiful on the line.
0: Pay pay for the rest of the the Patreon that's, that's season. Pay for your Patreon. Yeah, pay for your Patreon. Uh, or you know, uh, do something nice for your spouse so you can continue to be a degenerate gambler. Uh, and you can watch football. I mean, I'm glad, all day Saturday. I'm glad you told it, Doc, all Sunday because all oh, it wasn't. Good. I mean, that's that's what you have to do. Um, Should we get into games? I would love to get in the games guys, by the way, uh, this is a free five pick brought to you by bet. Algo that will be featured on roster watches podcast channel, as well as backdoor cover. Uh, if you want more, join us over on patreoncom slash bet. The you'll have all of the picks. We post uh, all the data out there. Thursday night football kind of back to having the stinkers. Atlanta Falcons on the road against the Carolina Panthers. Atlanta opened up as a one and a half point favorite. They're now favored by three points. By the way, Atlanta are coming into this game six and three against the spread. Carolina, three and six against the spread. Atlanta easily could have been seven and two against the spread. I feel like that game got away with you.
1: Yeah, it was one of those ones that, you know, that hurt. That it hurt to lose that one last weekend. Uh, it was, felt like a cover all fucking day. And then right at the death, it was just stolen from us. Um, so yeah, that one was, and especially when the line's two and a half as well. What even made it worse was I thought the line went to three, and I thought it was a push, and but no. Um, yeah, that one stung. It's a funny game, you know, you, you talk about the Thursday nights. We feel bad for fucking Al Michaels and um Kirk, and Herbie, sure, yeah how michaels just feels so defeated and like he's like what am i doing here and uh, that's and that's what he's gonna get this this thursday with this game i think the interesting about this game is pj walker was announced again as the starter i, I Baker don't, had a good game he had well a decent one he's fucking, he's going against prevent defense sure. essentially what's he's what's happening the cincinnati were up a million points So I don't think you can look at that game and think anything of it when you look at Baker. You can, however, look at the game and look at what P.J. Walker did in the half of football. It could have been the worst statistical half of football maybe I've ever seen. I think he was like three of ten for... It was double-digit yards and two interceptions. It was horrific effort. So I was shocked when they announced him, especially with Darnold coming back now. He's activated. So the funny thing is that is that they still haven't made a decision yet, but one of the QBs will not be active on the game day roster. I presume it's going to be Darnold, uh, and Baker will be the backup. Uh, in terms of the pick, it's funny. Caroline at home, as you know, since they fired the coach, they've been someone that you can kind of get behind because – you know, everyone thinks they're garbage. Which they kind of are. They are, but they're NFL players at home. And it's a short week, right? You know how much I hate the road team on the Thursday night. Regardless of where you're going, it's just a huge advantage for the home team on the short week. All that being said, I can't take Carolina here. The, the line is too short. If it was... If it was four and a half, five and a half points, I would. Atlanta's just better. They have Cordero Patterson is back now. He had a big week last week right back off uh, the injury list. So he's back there. Atlanta here. Give me Atlanta all day.
2: Byron, what do you think? Yeah, I think well said. Um, The thing I would add to that is it looks like star cornerback – AJ Terrell may be in question for this game for the Falcons so maybe something uh, to keep in mind but I'll tell you what Falcons training camp is one that I attended this August Uh, I was impressed with the team I think head coach Arthur Smith runs a tight ship and he runs kind of a tough he's built kind of a tough team Uh, when I was in Vegas before the season started I took the over on Falcons regular season uh win totals Love on the that. future it was five and a half at yeah. that moment so and, uh, we're halfway halfway into the season they're on their way to you know what looks like possibly in, an eight win season and they're tied for first in the division so my instinct was when uh Mitch said it was uh one and a half uh points I was like man I, that's a that's a snap call I would hammer that now it sounds like the public did uh that some of that value has evaporated, um, but uh, if you're going to force me to make a pick, I'm going Falcons all the way here. I think they're a pretty good football team.
1: Quick quick question before Mitch, you chime in. Um, I love that you went to see the camp, and I loved your take there on them being a tough team. Uh, my consensus before the season started was, Mariota is fucking better than people think. He's a good, solid quarterback that has won football games. Was, had a great college career. People that thought that they were at a huge disadvantage without going from Matt Ryan to Mariota, are, I just thought were playing wrong. And I felt like that they were definitely undervalued. What did you think of Mariota in preseason?
2: I made that same exact argument. I think the thing to keep in mind is Arthur Smith was in charge of the Ryan Tannehill reclamation project. And you can really make a case that Mariota is a similar player with... Yeah a similar career trajectory. So yeah, I, I tend to agree. I was impressed during camp with the young third rounder rookie, a Desmond Ritter. Um, He looked good enough at training camp. And I was like, uh, yeah, I was like, you know what? If Mariota falters, I think Ritter will, they're going to get him in because he's got the size arm strength kind of mobility that makes the coaches lick their chops a little bit. But the fact is Mariota has been competent. This is a good team. They're winning games. I don't think anything is going to change
0: anytime soon. 65% of the tickets coming in on the Falcons, 65% of the money coming in on Atlanta as well. I look at this team. I like what Pete said earlier with respect to uh, the short week. And I I don't know if that favors anybody. I really don't. I don't think it favors anybody. But what I and will say. To that
1: point, you're right. I, when you look at the statistics, even this year, it's about 50-50. It doesn't the matter. Home team. Not really.
0: Here's one thing that really sticks out to me. Atlanta has been very bad giving up points. They are ranked third the last three weeks they're actually giving up more points than their year-to-date average, which is sitting at 25 points. The last three weeks, they're giving up almost 30 points. That bodes well for a Carolina offense that has been stagnant, that I think could actually get the ball moving at home. I really do. Surprisingly, Carolina, the last three, they're ranked 10th in average yards per game.
1: Yeah, that comes from the the 30, you know, the the OT game that they fucking threw away.
0: Fair enough. But actually, their last – so last three, they've been doing fairly well because year to date, they're actually ranked at the bottom of the league, ranked 30th. So I like the trajectory there. I will give you this stat. The Panthers are 1-10 against the spread in their last 11 home games versus a team with a losing road record. So, a bit obscure. I'm going to go with the Falcons on this one and follow that trend. Most importantly, we never like this. You're not going to like what I'm going to say. Oh, the Algo, the Algo Carolina outright stuff. Carolina winning outright 25.12 to 24.35 with a three point spread. You're getting nearly Nearly four four points points of value on the Panthers. All right. So, there's that. Uh, We've got a game in Munich, Germany. First ever. First ever. Seattle Seahawks go. I say both teams are on the road here uh, against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, this line opened up at the Bucks, laying two and a half. Uh, no real line movement here. 86% of the money coming in on the Bucks, 61% of the tickets <laughs> on the Seahawks. And I'll say this Seahawks, they're the same darling as the Falcons have been, and the Algo's been all over them, yeah. six and three against the spread. The Bucks are two and six against the spread.
1: Sorry, so 86% of the money is on the Bucks, with 60-something percent of tickets on Seattle. So the tickets is Joe Schmo is betting Seattle, and the Sharks are liking Tampa, which really surprised me, considering, I mean, we all watched that game, because there was only two games in that window, so we were forced to watch... The Rams game, they the rams books game, they are not good. Neither no. team is good at all. Um, Tampa won it at the death. Uh, is there any concern here that that Brady is just goes to Germany? He's just drowning his divorce sorrows in a pub, I just mean, he drinking find strong a, Bavarian beer. Find a German, German wife, lass.
0: like oh. a German model. I feel oh. like I feel like Munich is the place that they oh, produce models. Oh, absolutely
1: is the place to do it, yeah. Um, oh, this game is interesting to me. The, you know the, the last drive was one of those. Oh, you saw all the memes, Father Time. You know, thinking, okay, I have Brady, I have Brady, uh, no, you don't. He still ha- still has it. Um, it, it, very impressive that they won it at the death there. Seattle have been that team all year. That you know, everyone thinks Geno Smith was was done, was garbage. They thought you know the the win total team total uh, for the season the under was going to be a lock no one gave them any respect they have looked fantastic every week went into arizona last weekend and dominated that game completely dominated the impressive thing about gino to me has been his composure in the pocket he's looked he looks like a different player completely different player he he, he runs at, at the last possible chance he stands in the pocket And he throws strikes constantly. He looks so comfortable. He looks accurate. Uh, All things that you would never associate with Gino Smith. This game, though, it's interesting. I think um, if I have to pick it, the fact it's in Germany, if you watch either of these teams, there's only one team that's good. It's Seattle. I have to take Seattle here. There's just no chance I take
2: Tampa Bay. It, hard to say after watching Brady win one late, but I'll take Seattle. Do we know what the difference in travel times or travel schedules to Munich are from Seattle and Tampa Ooh, Bay? I mean, this is the kind lo- of thing with Seattle love
1: goes. that take because it's
2: miles from
1: Seattle.
0: It's an extra four hours.
1: Yeah, it has. To I mean,
2: be. that's one where you start to think like, do they fly the other way across Russia? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I, I don't. I, I don't think
1: so. Yeah, that's that's a great take. I mean, it's a long like, – you have to go
2: a day early there. Oh, you're – A day before. They're already ben. there. Yeah.
0: They're already there.
2: Yeah, I mean, my feeling is, I mean, obviously super impressed with the Seahawks. And from the fantasy perspective, I I roster – I drafted Kenneth Walker and DK Metcalf everywhere. Obviously, I feel like a king uh, with the Kenneth Walker pick. And Metcalf's been nice. And obviously, Geno Smith, a pleasant surprise really the entire team in Seattle. I mean, when I look at it, I say, really, this should probably be a pick'em, Right. And so that just tells me then logic dictates that against what is it? Two and a half points that we're given Seattle here. It dictates that if I follow that line of logic, I should take Seattle. But I just heard recently that uh, your, uh, your gut is lined with like millions of neurons and they're saying that it really is in some way, kind of like a second brain. And I've always kind of thought that when you have a gut feeling it must be based on some kind of some kind of hidden intuition in there for some reason boys my gut says to take the bucks in this one I'm gonna take the bucks in Europe uh they've gotta they gotta keep they gotta keep winning here because uh, their season is hanging in the balance
1: I don't think there's any better take than go if If someone says it's my good uh, well, that's a lot right, it's a thousand percent what data do you have right exactly it's 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 say in in golf, it's like when you're going in to read a put, whatever you look at first, it's the read, and then you- st- you keep reading and you, and you get something else, you go, no, 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 it's your it's what you saw first,
0: yeah, as much as I'd love to hop on uh the Brady train, I've got a tattoo, Byron of a goat on my arm, Gino Smith. West Virginia. That's right. The only goat that exists in West Virginia. I am so impressed with the Seattle team. And when I look at the offenses, they're completely the opposite. I mean, when you look at Tampa Bay's rushing statistic, they are ranked last in every single category. They're averaging 0.3 rush yards a game, which is actually 30th, but every other category, it's not good. Surprisingly, they're pretty good on the pass play side, but they're also ranked number one on pass play percentage. So naturally, Brady's going to have more yards because their rushing game stinks. If if the Bucks win and they cover, it's going to be on the heels of their defense.
1: Yeah, they're fifth in the league in, in, in points against. They're, so they're stellar.
2: They are. Well, for some reason, I'm envisioning them giving Kenneth Walker a little bit of trouble. I mean, it's been a cakewalk so far, and he's just such a studly freak, and he might go in there and just... Uh, he, he might break these guys in half just like he's done everybody else late in games. I'm kind of imagining Vita Villa and kind of the linebackers of Tampa. In my mind, for some reason, it's telling me they might be able to kind of keep him under control, which I yeah. think um kind of tips, you know, uh, that, that that changes what we've seen out of Seattle in recent weeks. There's,
0: there's a chance that the Bucs might come away with this, but the Bucs – have lost against the spread. They're 0-6-1 in their last seven games overall. Ouch. I'm going to continue to sell the Bucs right now. I think what's going on with Brady personally and going against that Rams team, I don't think that should make you feel any better, honestly, because that game was so gross. Yeah. I'm, I have to go with the better team here. I'm going with Seattle. The algorithm has Seattle winning outright 26.68 to 17.81. Uh, you're getting nearly 11.3 points of value on Seattle. I don't think it's going to be that big of a margin, but I do see Seattle's offense working quite nicely. We've got the Broncos on the road against the Titans who played absolutely phenomenal. This line opened up at the Titans laying one and a half. They're now laying three. Obviously, a stellar performance on uh Sunday evening. 68% of the money coming in on the Titans, 77% of the bets. And shockingly, I didn't I'm looking at this number. Titans are six and two against the spread. Blown away by that.
1: Yeah, I well, they're completely undervalued, I think. No one I don't know why the consensus, especially on the fantasy side, and Byron, you'd be able to kind of maybe shed some light on that, but Derrick Henry, in my league especially, wasn't – now, we're in an auction league, but even still, he wasn't the highest value running back that was coming off the board. I feel like there was a feeling of he's been doing it for so many years now that he's on the other side and there's other young guys that are better than him, but I think that was a feeling in Tennessee – they lost A.J. Brown as well, which everyone felt like was a big, big piece. And they didn't replace him, right, with anyone great. So I think the feeling around Tennessee was they just weren't all that great. They've got a great head coach, though, and they know what they're doing. Uh, he really gets it. Uh, he, I feel like he's one of those head coaches where everyone just gets behind him. Like, he's just one of the players Um and he was on, he's been on a lot of winning teams, right? He comes from the culture that we know all about, right, New England. So Tennessee definitely undervalued this game. So what was the spread? Two and, a, two and a half. Two and a half. It scares me, though. I'm sorry, it's three. Three. Okay, so it scares me. I think if you look at the, this Kansas City game, you almost bet it, right? You almost took the plus five, whatever it was. Plus five hundred. Yeah, plus five hundred with your thousand dollars that you were up from uh, your other reckless bet that you made. That was a under yeah, in the Rams box. Yeah, was that was lock. the easiest. It was a, money also I've ever sorry. Made. It was a live under, which was. was even better. So, um, I think it's just the QB situation really, really fucking scares me here. They do not let him throw it. It must mean he's not a. He's just not a very good thrower of the football. This Denver team is coming off a bye. They're rested, right? They're coming off the bye after a big win on the road when their quarterback was getting all that abuse for stretching on the plane. They've got a little mojo before they got got a break and got rested. I know they traded away Chubb, but they have endless DNs that are coming off the edge. They have four young guys that are really, really good. I'm gonna take Denver in this spot. I think this is a really close game. It's a field goal either way at the death. No matter who you take, I think it's a low-scoring game. But I'll take the pl- I'll take the points here with Denver.
2: Well, a couple of things here, yeah, a couple of things. Um, it, this truly is a Mike Vrabel, uh, Derek Henry collaboration in Tennessee. I love the style of football they play. It's really interesting too, Vrabel turning out to be, um one of the really good coaches from the Belichick coaching tree. And that really hasn't turned out to be the case for a lot of the other assistants who've gone elsewhere. I think that's a testament to to Vrabel uh, and his, his skills, his talents as a coach. So I couldn't agree um, more with that one in terms of Derek Henry. I mean, the fantasy industry, this is where it becomes like an uh, a self-amplifying echo chamber and it tilts the bias like at an aggregate level of the industry Mm -hmm. to a point that sometimes is irrational. And, and truthfully, that's where we make a lot of our um, you know, a lot of our, let's call it profit for lack of a better word over at roster watch with our ultimate draft cheat sheet, every fantasy football draft season, like, you know, Derek Henry, we still had him above the, industry consensus this year. And it's because people were overreacting. They're saying, well, he's old. Uh, They lost AJ Brown. So, you know, in in our business, people are really, uh, they lean towards youth, especially because of the dynasty, the burgeoning dynasty component of fantasy now. So people oftentimes are looking too far down the road in fantasy when really we should really only be looking at a two year window. And there's nothing that told us that Derrick Henry, was going to slow down. I mean, he was really didn't, wasn't utilized much early in his career. He's had the big, the big volume the last few years, which in recent eras has kind of signified, you know, you can start to bet on a drop off uh, after the usage, but we just haven't seen it out of Henry and he's just the true freak of nature in terms of his physicality, his size. He's just different. There's no other, there's nobody else like him and i i think people were also overreacting he had the screw inserted to his foot last year on the mid foot sprain um so anyways if you watched him this year you'd say man that's this is the same exact guy um so if you were sharp enough to um have a sober review of derrick henry that's certainly paying off um at this point i think this this match for me strictly comes down to do we know if it's going to be Malik Willis or Ryan Tannehill, I know Tannehill tested out the ankle um on Sunday night but wasn't able to go. Do we have any have you guys seen any late breaking news on who's who would no. who's I getting the start this have week? I've
1: not. I had the same feeling as you did going into the Sunday night game even though it was such a big spread. It was 12 and a half at the time we did it. I still felt like if Tannehill plays, I got you'd take the Titans. If it's Willis, I have to take the Chiefs. So I felt the same way as you, but no no word yet.
0: I, I'll just say this, you know, in my before you give your pick here, Byron, when I look at this Titans team this year, I don't know if it matters that much. I know what you're saying. That's an interesting But take. this team I mean, is the panthroat. is the best so the second best running team the last three weeks, and the eighth best running team. But right now they are one of the best running teams in the league.
1: Yeah, but if you know, it, it's become your great running team. But if Tannehill's back there, at least you know you can throw it with Willis. Well, back we don't there, know you, if you can. we can.
0: He's been. He just he hasn't just, thrown it that much. They just don't let him.
2: Right. You know what? I tend to agree, and I would take the Titans to win in a money line scenario but I'm not going to give them 3 points with Malik Willis at quarterback. So if that's the expectation at this moment, I'm going to I'm going to roll with the the Denver Broncos.
0: Perfect. I like I like that pick. I really do. Uh the one thing on the other side of the ball, the Titans are the best defense at limited limiting opponents rushing yards. Wow. The last 3 weeks, they're averaging or their opponents are averaging 62 yards on the ground per game. That is a problem. If you can run the ball and then protect against the run, you own the clock and the other team can't get anything going and they become one-dimensional. So I just, I really do like this Tennessee team. I think, though, this is a three-point game And in those three-point games, I'm going to have to take the dog. So I'm going to ride with Denver. The algorithm has Denver winning outright 19.22 to 18.05. You're getting more than four points of value on the Denver Broncos. So we've got a couple games left for you. Guys, if you want to see all of our picks – head over to patreon.com slash betthealgo. We'd love to have you come and join. Um, Minnesota on the road against the Buffalo Bills. This line opened up at the Bills laying eight and a half. It's now five and a half. So some significant movement coming in on Buffalo. Uh, 84% of the money coming in on the Vikings. Vikings are three and four against the spread, and the Bills are four and four against the spread. Yeah,
1: yeah. This is a, is an interesting game. I think um, Minnesota. What they're set there. We're in week ten now. They're seven and one. I think against the sorry their record on the season. I I think they're they could be the worst team with that good a record in the league. And I say worst only because if you watch them or you have watched them each week. Um, Every single game they play, I feel like, comes down to the death. And either they're behind at the death or they win it at the death. Um, or, and this season, it's definitely been, they've been winning it at the end. So they seem like a team to me where I think there's been a couple of teams, like the Giants uh, The Giants last year were a team that uh, lost every single game at the end. At the uh, every single one-score game. Minnesota are just on the right side of that. They're winning all these games. So it's an interesting one. Buffalo coming off a very difficult uh, loss on the road at the Jets. A game they were expected to win, although none of us took Buffalo. We all took the Jets. Um, it was too many points. Yeah, way too many points here. And the Jets are good. A divisional game like that. This is one where I think Buffalo at home are just a different animal. I don't think Minnesota either are quite good enough to go into Buffalo and play a Buffalo team who are angry and upset about that loss and can keep it close. I think this is a blowout game. I think Minnesota... This is kind of a game where we all look at them and go, you see, they're really not as good as their record says they are. Um, So give me Buffalo here. I'll eat the points. But yeah, I think Josh Allen's pissed off and this is a kind of a bounce back game for them.
2: Well, I'd say historically that that's um, exactly the MO of the Vikings is that sooner than later, they're about to have a big letdown. Uh, They can flash you know, kind of an elite level of play for short periods of time, but typically can't maintain it. And a lot of that obviously is tied to Kirk cousins. I think that's generally speaking about the type of quarterback um, that he is, but it's also speculation to choose when that moment is going to be that they come crashing back down. And, you know, I'm kind of shocked to see here. I mean, behind the Philadelphia Eagles, the Vikings at seven and one have the second best record in the nfl Uh, they're playing well they're playing well they've got a better record than the bills Uh, they're three and one on the road Uh, they just picked up tj hawkinson so i mean i agree the bills are the better team i would certainly pick them to win here but i mean if you're talking five and a half uh, give me minnesota and the points in this one
0: This is so weird to me that I look at this Minnesota team and I see the record that they have because it doesn't make sense to me. There are so many statistics that I see. Okay, they're ranked eighth in points per game, but opponent points a game, they're ranked 12th. So they're kind of middle of the road and almost spotty statistically across both on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball. Their rushing game hasn't been great, but their rush touchdowns per game, they're ranked third when they're ranked 20th in average yards of rush and rush yards per game. So they're just, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me when I look at this team, Buffalo is angry. I like what you said. They're at home. I'm not sure if there was a bunch of news today that Allen might have an OCL type injury. I don't think that's a problem. I think Buffalo absolutely gets right. Minnesota comes back down to earth. I'll take Buffalo and I'll say Buffalo wins pretty big. They're going to win by double digits. The algorithm has Minnesota winning this game outright. Wow. 22.7 to 19. You're getting almost 10 points of value on Minnesota. I think that's absolutely mental. Absolutely.
1: So yes. that's
2: like the best money line bet of the week. Yeah. That, or that, one of them. Yeah, that has to be
1: looking at the value. I mean, when you're getting over five is like that that window that we talk about. Yeah. When you're getting over five points of value on this algorithm, um, it just hits. It's it's difficult to go on the other side. But it's, yeah. it's pretty tough.
0: Um, well, the last game, we've got the Cardinals against the Rams. Cardinals opened up getting three points, no real line movement there. 54% 54 of the tickets coming in on the Rams, 58% of the money in on the Rams probably feels right. Cards are four and five against the spread. Rams sitting at two and five against the spread.
1: Yeah, listen, I've kind of been saying it now all season. There's something really wrong there in LA. Um, They just... It looks like a completely different team. Stafford looks like a completely different quarterback. Um, they just can't do anything right. They're getting beaten, and they're getting beaten comfortably by a lot of teams. It, it it's it's funny. They just it's we. I think you know they're really missing. Uh, if OBJ was there, I think things might be different. They're, they rely so heavily on Cooper Cup and go to him constantly um they don't have a lot of pieces outside of that and that game against the bucks man that was fucking tough to watch brutal that was absolutely brutal outside of the first drive for both teams it was just punt after punt after punt they all they it looked so poor i made the, the Ram, i made it i made it analogous to
0: watching a pitcher's duel but it was far worse than that because watching pitching versus punting are two separate things.
1: Yeah, and listen, there's nothing before the season started that you would have associated with the Rams to do with poor offense. They're the fourth worst offensive team in the league in points per game. They're averaging 16.4 points per game. The only three teams worse than them are the Colts, the Steelers, and the Broncos. That's it. If
0: you told me that the Rams were in that company... T- I, I just right The
1: Texans, the Packers, the Commanders, they're all better than the Rams. There's just no way I can take the Rams here. I think any, any time going forward this year, I'm just not going to be able to bet on the Rams at any point. Give me Arizona here. And you know I don't like Arizona. I think Kingsbury is on thin ice. Um, it seems like every time his quarterback comes off the field. He's shouting at somebody. He was shouting at Hopkins last weekend. Give me Arizona though. I like Arizona to win outright.
2: Yeah, this is a good one. Um, I think, what would they call it? The dead cat bounce. I mean, you almost feel like the Rams are just, they have to win at home. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they, 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 right. I mean, they, they, they did beat the Cardinals earlier in the season. Arizona was actually, these were both training camps. I attended, Uh, this august and we did expect um arizona to get off to a slow start this season they did they've heated up lately i think kind of the unsung hero at least as i see it from a fantasy perspective is the cardinals defense has started to have an impact become an impactful unit and i don't think that's people think of offense when they think of arizona uh i think that's been that's that's been a big part of their improvement in in the last couple of weeks or the last month or so from what we saw at the beginning of the season. And then, yeah, when you look at the Rams, I mean, I do think they miss Odell and I think it's a really interesting narrative behind the scenes that they don't seem to be one of the teams pursuing Odell. I mean, you're hearing the Cowboys, the bills, you've heard a little bit of the Packers we'll see what the Rams do. Um, But as much as they miss him, I really believe it's the deterioration of the offensive line uh, that is giving the Rams fits, especially that just in combination with not being able to run the football. Um, they're one dimensional. I mean, it's the Cooper cup offense. Uh, so this is a tough one. I think they're going to win. I really have a feeling the Rams are going to win, but I don't think I can give them three points. I think if I just going to be a rational actor here, Think this is closer to a pick'em, so I gotta take Cardinals plus three.
0: Yeah, I think this is probably a three point game. So at worst, we'll probably push. And just to echo on what you said, this is a dismal team that is not just one dimensional, but in that one dimension, they're one dimensional because there's nobody else to throw the ball to if you're the Rams. And so you know where the ball is going. What's interesting, though, is the completion percentage from Stafford, they're ranked third. He's completing 68% of the passes. So that's something that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, Um, but it's got to be the little, you know, the little dumps, right? Um, Stafford, we know who Stafford is. He got put on a great team. They did some things, and now it's the Matt Stafford. We kind of all have known who he is. I mean, the guy has had some pretty spectacular receivers to throw to. He has nobody to throw to. Yeah. Um, if if the Rams win this game and cover, it's going to be on the heels of that defense. It's the only thing that they're good at. And when I say good at defense, it's specifically against running. Uh, but the Cardinals really don't. They're. I think they've got more of a passing threat. Uh, Than a rushing threat, probably more well balanced. I've got to go with the Cardinals here. I do. I think they're just a more balanced team, and uh, I just don't have any faith in the Rams. Most importantly, another wild upset, according to the Yalgo. Arizona wins outright 23.55 to 18.53. You're getting nearly eight points of value byron thank you so much for joining us we're sorry about the noisy dogs there's two boxers they uh, just
1: love the do- those barking dogs they're dogs. just hungry just, yeah, just- they're hungry
0: and they want to chase pussycats and squirrels um <laughs> uh, that's what it's they do. What I want to do yeah byron anything you want to add before we let you go
2: uh if you'd like to hear more of my content you guys can come over to rosterwatch.com every week for my exclusive trade podcast the trade cast uh, it's usually published on Thursdays. And of course, um, every day of the week, you guys can find a free entry featured contest at Angel Fire. Just search Angel Fire Games in your App Store on, on Apple or Google Play from your mobile device. And uh, there's free entry uh contests with real cash prizes uh every day of the week so we hope to see you over there
0: well we're definitely going to get on there and it is not against the spread you're picking outright winners but the way the app works is the underdogs are worth substantially more points correct
2: yep most points wins so there's the key is the key is getting a couple of underdogs yep Hit, hit on a couple of underdogs and you uh got a great chance at winning
0: well, thank you so much. Thanks again for the partnership with Rosser Watch. And thank you so much for listening, guys. We're going to play out. We will talk to you guys back on the other side of the Patreon.